0: Hello, I'm Tim Rhodes, pastor of Bethel Baptist Church, and welcome to our morning worship service. Bethel Baptist Church is located on Kentucky Highway 36 in Frenchburg, Kentucky. You can find our website at www.bethelbaptistfrenchburg.com, and you can reach us at 606-768-3768 or 606-776-7360. If you'd like to write us, you'd like to know more about our church, you have questions, you'd even like to help and support, you can reach us at Post Office Box 141, Frenchburg, Kentucky, 40322. I trust you'll enjoy our service and perhaps be part of our ministry. But God bless you as we join our morning worship service. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. As we look at lesson number nine from the Sermon on the Mount, as Jesus is, you you notice these chapters, uh, five, six, seven, they're all red letters. And Jesus is preaching. He is teaching. And he's making disciples. He's doing what he sent us to do and to make disciples. And he's teaching that it's beyond religion. It's beyond religion. And today we'll title this lesson, A Matter of the Heart. It's not just the we look on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. He knows not just what we do, but he knows what we're thinking. He knows what our motives, our attitudes are. So let's read a few verses and then look at what the Lord Jesus said, what he taught us. And, and remember, as it says in Revelation, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so as the Lord Jesus speaks to us, let's listen, not on behalf of someone else, but let's listen to what he says to us, how he speaks to our hearts Jesus says, after we looked at those four verses about Scripture and the power of Scripture and how He came to fulfill Scripture, not to do away with it, He he continues then to say, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, and this is Scripture, Thou shalt not kill, or that's correctly said, Thou shalt not commit murder. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his, with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. In verse 27, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. In Exodus 20. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her Hath already committed adultery in his heart. In verse thirty-three, again you have heard that it hath been said of by them of old time, "Thou shalt not forswear or swear falsely thyself, but shall perform unto the Lord thine oaths." But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. And then he continues, You have heard that it hath been said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And then we'll continue in verse 43. Jesus says, You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Now some of this is scripture, and some of it's what we call an add-on. That someone added to it. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, Bless them that curse you, Do good to them that hate you, And pray for them which despitefully use you, And persecute you. Those are strange words. And those are words that say, Wait a minute that's just not my nature amen you're a new creature a creation a new creature a new creation in Christ you're not supposed to be doing according to your old nature but your new nature father we thank you for your word it's power that is living that it convicts and changes and father I pray that as we study together every word spoken is yours and not mine and that your will is done in our lives we pray in Jesus name amen to set the stage for this we go back to verse 20 when Jesus says but I say unto you that accept your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. He's saying unless you are better than the most religious, than the most righteous, you're not going to heaven. And then he begins to show what the the word really means. Not just what we do but who we are. And he said this later about the Pharisees, the, the most religious of the bunch of the day. In Matthew 23, verse 25, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within there full of extortion and excess." Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be cleaned also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are likened to whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outside, but are within full of dead men's bones, and are of all uncleanness." So Jesus is pretty straightforward. And as we look at this, John MacArthur said, in every area of righteousness, the key is the heart, the inner attitude that motivates what we say and do. It's a matter of the heart. It's like even in salvation. It's when we believe in the heart and confess with the mouth we are saved. But the confession means nothing if the heart isn't true and right. It's the heart that motivates us to do what we do. And so this passage is not just about what we do, it's about who we are. It's not about what we present on the outside, it's who we really are on the inside and that's what makes us who we truly are. The inside, the heart, the emotions, the feelings, the will. And so Jesus addressed really four basic things in this part of his sermon. He addressed murder. He addressed adultery. He addressed truth. And he addressed love. Now there's lots of verses in in twenty-one through forty eight. And in those verses there's lots of doctrine, there's lots of teaching there. But we'll we'll put it into these four things and 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 get as detailed as we can in the time we have. But when Jesus spoke about murder, I mean we all know what murder is, and by the way I want to make sure you understand when when the Bible says in the King James, thou shalt not kill, the, the, the language there is thou shalt not commit premeditated murder. Thou shalt not commit criminal murder. It's not talking about killing that is in self-defense or is in defending a, 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 a nation or is done on behalf of, of, of your protecting society, as in uh, the police and In in those kinds of situations. It's not killing as in that. But Jesus, and and in the scriptures, it's showing the sanctity of life. And how important it is. And that's why the judgment against murder. Uh, In in the scriptures it says, in Exodus, of course, thou shalt not commit murder. In Proverbs 6.16, which comes as no surprise to us uh, as to... Uh, these things that it mentions, there are six things, this is Proverbs 6, 16, there are six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. Here are seven things the scriptures list that are an abomination to God. And of course it mentions a lying tongue, an abomination to Him. Those hands that shed innocent blood, an abomination to Him, those, the, the, the act of murder, Of course, it also mentions things like pride, a proud look. Oh, first, that's number one. Uh, It even mentions he that sows discord among brethren. Well, that's another message for another day, that sowing discord among the brethren is in the same category as lying and murder. But that's another sermon. We see there that murder, though, is one of those things that God hates. And then in, uh, by the way, let me say, God does not hate murderers. He hates murder. God loves sinners. He wants them saved. But it says in Revelation twenty-two, fifteen. 15, for without, in referring to heaven, for without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters. And whosoever loveth and maketh alive. And so Jesus is speaking about murder here. He said, you, you've heard, you've read, you know the scripture that thou shalt not commit murder. But then he says this, Jesus looks on the heart. And he says, but I say unto you that whosoever is angry. Someone has said the first step toward murder is anger. If anger is in your heart, then murder is within the realm of what you would do. Anger turns to hatred, which turns to murder. Jesus is speaking here not about murder. He's speaking about anger. He's speaking about our hearts and our feelings. And let me just say this. You may not have murdered anyone, but you've thought about it. You know what it's saying? You know what that's saying? The anger in our heart. Murder comes from those feelings, those emotions of people who get so angry or have such hatred that they can do those kinds of things. And so Jesus is saying it's that heart that's bad. It's that heart that's wrong that causes us to do these things that are Unbelievable that we would never want to do. And so it's what's important is how is our heart, the, the guys sing this song, how is your heart? Is it right with God? We can't see what's going on inside our hearts and minds. We can see the actions of people. We sure can, we we can sure act one way and really be another on the inside there's a pretense that we can throw out there it's like the Pharisees Jesus saying you look and act so religious but on the inside he said you are full of dead man's bones you are full of extortion and you're full of iniquity you're full of sin so how is your heart this morning how is your heart is there anger is there uncontrolled anger in there you're committing murder, Jesus is saying. You're you're, you're committing murder. He, he said, "How could we have these feelings, especially toward the toward the brethren, toward our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we would call them this word moros? Was a word we get our word moron from? That we we call one another stupid and godless." That's what that means—stupid and godless. That we could say that to someone that we're supposed to love. Our anger can build up. He's teaching us. That's murder. You've already murdered them in your heart, in your mind. You wish they were dead. You ever wish? You ever thought about that, or you wouldn't care if they were dead. Because you're so filled with anger or hatred? Have you ever had those kinds of thoughts? Surely not. Amen? That kind of anger, Jesus said, there's the sin. There's where it comes from in your heart. When we have that kind of anger in our hearts, it has an impact on us. It turns to hatred, it turns to bitterness. And we, we're consumed by those kinds of feelings. And so it has an impact on us. It has an impact on others because it hurts our testimony in that we don't have the joy we ought to have. We don't have the testimony we ought to have because of the, angry, the anger that lives inside of us. It impacts our worship. Uh, Jesus even said in verse 23... If you bring a gift to the altar, you want to give a gift. And then there, remembers that, your, that thy brother hath aught against thee. There's, there's a disagreement. There's an anger. There's a division. He says, leave your gift before the altar. Go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer the gift. He said, don't come and worship with that kind of anger, that kind of strife, that kind of hatred toward your brother or sister in Christ. Go reconcile first and then come and worship. Because he's saying, you can't worship with that kind of heart. It's not real. It's pretense. And then... He moves to adultery. Whereas murder speaks of the sanctity of life, adultery speaks to the sanctity of marriage. You have heard that it was said by them of old in Exodus, one of the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her, already in his heart and of course this would apply also to uh, to women in lust after men and so this Jesus speaks whereas in murder he spoke of anger now for adultery he speaks of lust anger and sexual lust are two of the most powerful influences on mankind And again, as I said about murder, you may not have committed adultery, but you wanted to. You thought about it. You lusted. And this lust is not simply, when it says, look, looketh on a woman to lust after her. This is not simply that you looked quickly. You had a glance at someone. What it means is that you looked intentionally and repeated gazing and desire for her, for him. You've not committed adultery. And perhaps you think, well, I could never ever do something like that. And yet already in your heart you have committed adultery David in 2 Samuel chapter 11. David from the rooftop, when he should have been with his soldiers, when he should have been doing what he was accustomed to do, he tarried at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house, 2 Samuel eleven, two. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Not a glance, but a continual, repeated gaze of lust which led to, in his life, adultery, which led to murder. And so Jesus is saying, it's not, it's, it's not just the act, it's the heart. How is your heart? What does your heart think? What does your heart want? What would your heart do? It's the heart that needs to be cleansed. It's the heart that needs to be right. It's the heart that needs scripture and changing. We look at people and say, Well, they've done this and this and this, and I would never do those things, and yet our hearts are filled with anger, or our hearts are filled with lust, and our hearts are, are, are filled with iniquity, and we're just as sinful. With our thoughts, with our desires. Someone said, sow a thought and reap an act. Sow an act and reap a habit. Sow a habit and reap a character. Sow a character and reap a destiny. And then Jesus speaks of truth. He said, "In the old time, or you've heard of old, thou shalt not swear falsely." He said, "Let your yea be yea and your nay nay." In James 5:12, In James 5 12 but above all things my brethren swear not neither by heaven uh, neither by the earth neither by any other oath but let your yea be yea and your nay nay lest you fall into condemnation I mean if you're having to go around I swear to God I swear to this I swear to that I'll put my hand on the Bible then there's something wrong. We're having to convince someone that we're honest. When we ought to have lives of integrity that builds credibility so that when we say yes, that means yes. When we say no, that means no. When we say something, as they say, you can take it to the bank. That's what Christians, that's what we ought to be like. In our world, there is so much lack of credibility and integrity that you have to have contracts backed by contracts, backed by contracts, backed by contracts, contracts, and still they're not good because of loopholes and this and this and this. And Jesus said, it ought to be like this. Whenever you say yes, it's yes. Whenever you say no, it's no. That whatever you say, people know you will do it. They know you're honest. This is about truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus prayed to the Father and he said, Your word is truth. As Christians, if we're going to be real disciples... We have to be people of truth. There are no half-truths. It's either true or it's not true. There are no white lies. It's either a truth or a lie. And so as Christians, we need to be honest. The people need to know that as Christians, there is integrity among us. And we're honest when we talk about things. In our society, it is so easy and so routine that we cut corners and tell little lies and things like that. From things we're going to do to taxes to all kinds of things that we are prone to maybe... Oh, just lie a little bit. Maybe just not give the whole truth here and there. And it's just kind of a, it's, it's across our society. That ought not to be the way Christians are. We ought to be people of integrity. We ought to have credibility with the world. That we do what we say, what we do, do what we say, that we're honest. Jesus spoke of truth you don't have to swear on this and swear on that. I swear to God, I swear on a stack of Bibles. I swear on my grandchildren's lives. I swear on this. I swear on that. He said, if you're my disciple, you shouldn't have to do that. You just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be honest. Jesus looking at the heart. Be honest. And then he speaks of love. I should have spent the most time on this one, but you know how it is when you get started on things. But he said, um, in verse 43, let's go to this one. There's so much things we could say. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Jesus says, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now this is where people say, well now, I I can't love my enemy. This is where people rebel against what should be the new nature of Christians. Now listen carefully. We are new creations. We're different. We're not to be the way we used to be. We're not to be the way of the world. We're to be different. If you're not different, you're the same. If you're the same, you're not different. And as Christians, even though we're saved and, new, and, and made new creations, it, it takes a while to, to become like Christ but we're to be changing and becoming more and more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ, even to the point of loving our enemies. Now, Jesus had addressed four fundamental things in people's lives that are important to us that we try to protect. And Jesus said, those are not important as important as being my disciple he dealt with things like in verse 39 dignity whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek turn to him the other and jesus did away with the don't worry about the dignity i mean who in here somebody smacks us on the cheek what are we going to do we're going to hit them back Jesus said, your dignity is not as important as your Christianity. And as you being like the Lord Jesus Christ, when they beat him up, he opened not his mouth. When he talks about love, he says, if you love them that love you, what reward have you Do even the publicans the same? And so he said, if you act the same way as the world, what's different about you? Your heart is no different than anyone else if you react the same way as the world acts. He dealt with not only dignity, he dealt with security. If any man will sue thee at the law and take your coat, He said, let them have your cloak also. And this was a prized possession of most people. The coat was the outward, the thing they wore to keep them warm. They used it as a blanket at night, or they used it as a pillow. It was so important. But Jesus said, if they take your coat, let them have your cloak. It's not important. He dealt with security. Verse 41 he dealt with liberty whoso shall compel thee to go a mile go with him too and this is where the romans they would take advantage of the jewish people and have them carry their armor or carry their belongings and here it was not only bad enough that they had to carry these things but they're carrying the things of those who were persecuting them the romans And yet Jesus said, the liberty, your liberty is not as important as your Christianity of your being like Christ. He says, if they make you carry it a mile, carry it two miles. Show them, you're different. And then property. In verse 42, give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow thee, turn not thou away. He dealt with property don't fall in love with your property Jesus is showing a demonstration of how we're to be different how things that are important to us are not the same don't have the same importance now Jesus is who's important and we want to be like him and so he carries it then into love and he has taught us this. Now, listen, and I've got to do this quickly. We're to love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Now, I'm telling you this if we love Him with all of our heart, it will change our heart. It has to. And so, if our hearts aren't changed, maybe we don't love Him with all of our hearts it is so much easier to say I love you with all my heart than to love you with all my heart. And so if we truly love Jesus with all of our heart, it will change our heart and make us different and make us like Him. Here's an example. Now I love Steph. Steph. With all my heart. Now the Lord said you love, you, you, you love him with all your heart. But in an earthly sense, I love her with all my heart. It makes me do things like watch Jeopardy. <laughs> I had not watched Jeopardy probably a whole show in my life. Now we sit down and watch Jeopardy. If we can't sit down and watch it, we tape it and watch it later. Now it may be that she's just showing me that she's a lot smarter than me. Which is true. But what I'm saying is when we love people, it, it changes us. There are other things it causes me to do too. but that it, it changes us. And if you love the Lord Jesus truly with all your heart, it will change your heart. And then he said to love others. Love your neighbors yourself. Now... Everybody in here, you love yourself. There's a way. You may not love everything about yourself, but you love yourself. And there's a way you want to be treated. And if you don't get treated that way, you don't like it. Well, Jesus said that's the way you're supposed to treat others, as you want to be treated. Love others. He taught us to love one another. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're to love each other. Not just get along, but love each other. And then, here he says, and this is where we rebel. I can't do this. He says, love your enemies. Don't hate them. Love your enemies. Now listen to what he says. Bless them who curse you. Don't hate them. Bless them. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them Who despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them. You've got enemies. Jesus says bless them. Do good to them. And pray for them. Love your enemies. God loves them. He died. Christ died for them. So who are we to hate them? Jesus didn't hate us for all of our sins and all of our rebellion. He doesn't hate us now when we rebel against him, when we sin. So who are we then to say, oh, I hate that person, they're my enemy. Jesus said, bless them, do good to them, and pray for them. Those are the words of Jesus. You say, well, that's drastic, that's radical, that's right. That's what Christianity is supposed to be. He said, if you're doing the same thing the world does, what's the big deal? If you love the way they do, if you give the way they do, if you, if you do these things the way they do, what's the big deal? You're no different than they are. If you're still the same, you're not different. If you're different, you're not the same. Christianity... Is radical. These things will check the condition of your heart. It will check whether your love is demonstrated. And it will check the genuineness of your faith, of your change in Christ. So it comes down to this a matter of your heart. Is your heart different? It's your heart like the Lord Jesus Christ. If you love him with all your heart, your heart will be different. And you'll do radical things that the world thinks is absolutely crazy. To love your enemies is crazy, right? But Jesus did some crazy things. Like love me. Like die for me. Like make me a child of God. That is crazy. But that's who I am. And so as if we're really going to be. Genuine disciples of Christ. We're going to be like him. Let him change us. And we're going to do things that people look and say. Wow. That person is crazy. No we're not. We're just like Jesus. Amen. As Christians, let's examine our hearts today in light of his word and pray, Lord Jesus, make me like you. Start with my heart and make me like you. If you're here without Christ, you've never been saved. You can't be saved by your religion. You can't be saved by your works you can't be saved by this church. We are all sinners who came short of the glory of God. The only way we can be saved is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for our sins. He rose again to give us eternal life. The Bible says if you'll believe that in your heart and confess it with your mouth, He will forgive you and save you. And So if you're not saved, come today and let's pray with you as you give your life to Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. And now, Father, I pray your word and the Holy Spirit would work in our hearts. Make us like Jesus. If there's someone here without Christ as Savior, I pray they that, pray that would come now and give their life to him, accept him as their Savior and Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed our program today, and I hope you were blessed by it. It is our uh, hope and our prayer that each week as you watch this program, you'll receive a blessing from God's Word. Our songs, our messages, they're about the Lord Jesus Christ. And perhaps someone accepted Christ today as Savior. If you did, we want to rejoice with you. And I just ask you, please drop a note in the mail to Bethel Baptist Church, Post Office Box 141, Frenchburg, Kentucky, and let us know. And we'll send you some material, and we'll rejoice with you. Perhaps you're thinking about being saved. You never trusted Christ as Savior, and He is your greatest need. And today I just urge you to admit that you're a sinner. You know, we all are. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But if you just acknowledge you're a sinner and believe that Jesus Christ truly is the one and only Savior, the only way to heaven, if you'd ask Him to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life and save you, Jesus will forgive you. He will save you. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you believe in your heart and confess it with your mouth that the Lord Jesus is the Christ, that He died and rose again, He will save you. Our prayer is that you would know Christ as Savior. And if you are saved, it's our prayer that you would serve the Lord Jesus Christ faithfully. We're to accept Him as Savior, but we're to serve Him as Lord as you heard in the message. And so, thanks for watching the program. If you have questions, let us know. Uh, Pray for us as we pray for you. And may God bless you.